It's the Dear Black Folks Podcast with your host, Earl Markham. And Latoya Brodus, a.k.a. The Ball Head Truth. What's going on, Toya? What's happening? That You got to put that real ball head truth on here, okay? You got to make sure you let them know. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get going today. Um, today, we got a special guest. Hold coming. on. Hold on. Wait a minute, because when Big U was on there, he West Coast, you know, you L.A., but I'm East Coast. So let me go right, ahead and That's let right. me go ahead and represent for my for my First side of, all, of the you country. You're not even East Coast. You Midwest. You from Don't Detroit. worry about it. I'm closer than you. OK, I'm from <laughs> Detroit. I'm closer. Than, I'm closer than you. OK, so listen here, y'all. I've been ex- I'm so excited. When when he told me that we was going to have Bimmy on the show. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited, y'all. So I am so ready. Oh, I done said his name. I done told y'all who it is. So this dude right here is from my era of rap. The rap artist that I grew up listening to, bopping to and all that. He has them in his repertoire, resume, some kind of way. So I allow me to introduce to some and present to others. Bimmy, what's happening, man? What's up, Kim folks? What's up, Kim folks? What's happening? I'm so happy to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Happy oh, yeah. Okay, now you can go. No, it's my turn now. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm the I'm supposed to be the star host. You supposed to be my sidekick, and you can just kick kick me all off from the introduction and everything. I know. You know? I know. I might have second guess why I got why I called you up. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, adding to the introduction, this brother was a uh, was 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 once uh, a part of the Supreme Team. He eventually grew tired of the game, transitioned into the music game. And he is currently featured in the new documentary, Hip Hop Uncovered. So I had to go on and finish my part of the introduction, you know. So let's let's start, Bimmy. Uh, tell us a little bit about your early years and growing up in Jamaica, Queens. You know, uh, you know I know you were, uh, had, what, like seven or eight siblings? Yeah, seven. It's seven of us. I make eight. You make eight, okay. I make so, eight. So how was your childhood years? Fucked up. Yeah. You know, in the city, you know, no, 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 no dad. You know, mom's working three jobs. You know what I mean? Bunch of sisters, you know, five of them, you know, three of them got green eyes, light skin. So, you know, my house is like like a, a mouse with, looking for cheese. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm running to all the, the gangsters and all type of things coming through there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, just looking, I'm watching them admiring these guys where, you know what I mean? You know, where I, where I really want to be like them guys. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, growing up in that house was kind of like, you know, just fucked up. You're alone. You know, your mother can't show you love. You know what I mean? I never did homework in my life. I don't know what homework is. You know what I mean? I don't, I ain't never studied. You know what I mean? In my life. You know what I mean? So it was just fucked up. Fucked up situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For a kid. So you, you, you and your dad didn't have a good relationship, right? Your dad was like absent in your during your childhood? I, I never knew my dad. I never knew him. But that's your namesake, right? Say it again. I said you're named after your father, right? Yeah, I'm a junior. I'm named after him, but he left when I was four years old. You know what I mean? He he was heavy on the drugs. You know what I mean? He was shooting shooting dope. You know, like you know, my mom threw him out the crib. You know what I mean? He 
you know, she would she wouldn't have it around us. So, you know, she chose to, to live by herself with us and kick him out when I was four years old. So I didn't I never knew him really. I never knew him. So how 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 do you think that affected you um in your decisions to get into the streets by not having your father around? Do you think that had he been around, you may have taken a different route? I mean, it affected me a great deal because I think every man should have that father figure in his life. You know what I mean? So you can teach him through that football, teach him how to you know, play baseball, basketball. You know what I mean? I taught myself how to play basketball. You know what I mean? It was times I was a kid and um, I watched Mark Jackson's father looking through the gate, watching Mark play, and I'll be playing. You know what I mean? I'm younger than Mark, but I'll be playing with the older guys so I can play real good. So, you know, I look out the gate. I don't see my moms. You know what I'm saying? I don't see nobody, but Mark, mother and father was there. Mm. All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, y'all can see how that, how that, you know, kind of make you have feel bad and lonely not having, you know, you seen these other kids with their family there and yours isn't there. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 crazy. I was I I don't wish that on no 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 man, no man, no whatever. You know what I mean? I think two parent homes is well needed. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. you gotta listen. You mother, gotta you gotta listen to our other podcast about dating in the pandemic. We was talking about that, but that is very important for to, for a man to have a male role model in the household. But we all know how it was designed, right? Yeah, hey, this system was designed to bring to take the, the black man out of the home. Yeah, they took the black man out of the home, so it was designed for us to fail. You know, even though even designed for my moms to fail. You know what I mean? We was on welfare. You know what I'm saying? We was on welfare and all that. And it was times when I should go to face-to-face. Face-to-face is when you got to bring the kids that's on welfare, their names on that paper. And you got to show them, like, this is James, this is Joseph, this is Mary, this is this is Helene. You know what I'm saying? Now, if they don't, if we, we don't show up one day, we sick, she won't get that money for that, that month. Wow. wow. So, so it, was, it was really, like, messed up. You know, um, I learned as I got older, I learned that my whole neighborhood was on welfare, but the government was so strategic, so, so, so strategic with it that he made us, when you go to appointments, you will go with somebody on the other side of town that you will never see that person and knowing that, okay, she, they're on welfare too. But I thought I was the only one on welfare because I, because I never seen none of them there. So when I go to the store with my food stamps, I'll, I'll, I'll take like an hour to go to the store because I'm hiding. Somebody get in line. I'm like, you can go in front of me. You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. right, nowadays, you're trying to buy, buy a car. Yeah. You're trying to buy a full step car for somebody yeah. nowadays. <laughs> but it's fucked up because as bad as it was, it was embarrassing, you know, back then if, if, if the kids found out, oh, you on welfare, you on food stamps. But yeah. really, they yeah. were too. Yeah, they were too. They want yeah, to. for sure. So they're so they teasing you, but you want it too. Right. But, they, you know, but I never come across a person in my neighborhood that was on it. Never, oh, ever, wow. ever. Because they had it designed that way, that you would never know who's on it. Right. You know wow. what I'm saying? You would never know. Right. right. So who were your, like, who I know, um, I heard, I've like I said, I've done a little homework on you. But, um. <laughs> So who were your influences? Like, when, since you didn't have a dad, like, who were the people that you looked up to growing up? Well, um, my uncles. My uncles. And there was bad influences because, you know, with the women, they got kids all over the world. And, 
you know, Thanksgiving, my grandma, she always had Thanksgiving dinner, and but we lived with her. Mm-hmm. And like what Deb said in the, in the show, she said, we all slept in twin beds. And the twin beds was in the dining room with the dining room table. You know what I mean? My, my grandma's bed was in the living room with another bed on the other side. You know what I mean? And then the kitchen's right there. So like she said, you know, you you be you you better be lucky if you don't get in bed if somebody peed in. You know oh, what I'm wow. saying? And 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 that's what happened. But so my uncles was influencers. They they used to come to that same house. They lived upstairs. They had my grandma had a big house, so they had rooms upstairs. So I started watching them. I started watching them all the time. But I never knew they was on drugs. I was too young. You know what I mean? They really knew. But I, I watched them with their cars. I watched them with their clothes. I watched different women come in and out. You know what I mean? I watched them. You know what I mean? And they, plus they play basketball. You know what I'm saying? They had like they had like mad trophies on my grandma's TV, my grandma's room, mad trophies. You know, and I'm one that to my grandma. I want one of those. And she said, "No, I'm not giving you one of those. You go earn yours. Go get yours yourself." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's when I started playing ball. You know what I mean? And I, and I earned my mother all the trophies that I got. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I got okay. So, so I'm a grandmother. You great. Okay. So before we get more into to the street life and all that you you I assume you're probably around my age and we you know grew up in the very beginning of of hip hop and hip hop started in New York how was mm-hmm. it growing up as a kid in New York and and being a part of the of the history of hip hop and and did you all feel that that you all were creating something that was really going to change the culture the black culture and influence the world you, you know, like I was saying earlier, right, about growing up in poverty in the inner city, you, when you're doing stuff like that, you're doing it because it's fun. It's take, when you're doing stuff like that, you taking you taking yourself out of your reality. So stuff like that, you never known that you're making history with it. It's going to become history because it, it feels good doing it and you're having fun. That's taking you out of that inner city. That's taking you out of that, you know, you know, out of the poverty that you having fun making music or you doing certain things with hip hop, you, you spray painting, you, you writing on the walls, you know what I mean? You, you graffiti, you, you doing a lot of stuff, you break dancing, you, you know, you doing a lot of different things when it comes to this, you know what I mean? You, you, you scratching, you, you, you scratching the break beat because MCing wasn't back then. Nobody was MCing that, that we knew about. They was DJing, you know what I mean? It was all about the DJs. You know what I mean? I want to be a DJ. My brother bought DJ equipment and he used to hide the needle from me. I was coming on the basement and he hit, but I knew he hiding spots. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I go on the wall, he had we have a hole in the wall. I go on the wall, get the needle out, I'll be back there scratching. You know what I mean? Then I have him come home, I hide the needle, put it back, you know, and me start fighting. Because I know you have my record, you playing with me. Like, Shut up, nigga, it's equipment for both of us. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <That> being selfish. <laughs> yeah, this nigga being selfish. He look, I ain't telling the documentary. I should have put his ass out there with that. I forgot about that. I just remember telling y'all. You know what I mean? Hey, we had an exclusive. Yeah, an exclusive, you know what I mean? So and then I want to, yeah, then I want to bought records. I started buying vinyl. You know what I mean? Myself. And, and, and when he leave, I'll pay my records. I, I won't touch his records. You know what I mean? But then he wound up catching me and shit. <laughs> so so after your father left, you know, you got into, you know, trying to play, you know, playing basketball. And, you know, like you said, you was in the hip hop culture, wanting to be a DJ and all that. At what point did it turn to you getting into the street life? Man. I don't know, as a matter of fact, not, when, when I turned to street life, I failed with my basketball team at Andrew Jackson High School. I was a freshman. And, you know, like I said, I didn't have that father figure or that power behind me to support me. 
I didn't have a support group at all. Mm-hmm. So when I failed off, you know, I'm, I, I ain't care no more. I'm like, forget it. I, I, I can't do the work. You know what I mean? I don't do homework. I come to class. I don't, I don't study. So I failed all my tests. I kept, I'll take the test, but, but I failed it. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't study. You know what I mean? Or I cheat on somebody else's paper. I look, and I cheat, or you know what I mean? Or I guess I do it, and I do, I do pass, but I don't, I don't let that last for long. You know what I mean? So in my ninth grade, my ninth, my, my, my ninth grade, my freshman year, I fell off middle of the year, and um, and I was fucked up, and I ain't had nothing. So the following year, I started hustling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I started hustling because you know I was going to school with wet sneakers, my sister clothes, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then I was going to school with basketball and stuff. I was playing basketball. So I was going to free clothes, like free sneakers and shit. You know what I mean? So after I stopped playing, I had to do something. You know what I mean? And I, I wasn't going to get to nine to five. You know so, what I mean? So when you started hustling, did did you, how did you get started? Were you, did you already, were you already a part of hanging out with the Supreme team or did you kind of start hustling on the spot and got introduced to them? How did that happen? See, Supreme team came later. That okay. came later. You know what I mean? Um, I, I lived on the north side, my mom's. You know what I'm saying? I lived on the north side, and it was this man. I ain't gonna say his name, but it was this man. I said, "Yo, I want, I want to work." And he said, "Um, when can you start? I'm, I can start right now." So he had gave me some dope trout, like like twenty in a, in a rubber band, and he said, "We'll take ten dollars off every one." Mm-hmm. So um, after I did that, that was two hundred dollars. I was like, whoa, you know what I mean? I was happy. I ain't never had $200. Right. So I'm like, I'm here all day. So I was just kept cashing up, just come to him, reading up. And then at one point, he kept saying I own money. He kept putting the marking down the paper. He kept saying I own money. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't mess no money. I'm a new hustler. I don't mess no money up. I, ain't, I don't steal. So I went to the bigger boss and I told him what he's, what he keep telling me I own money. And then the bigger boss told me, um, you should be lucky. They give you a chance to owe. Wow. So I already wow. know what he meant by that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, wow, I don't want to be with these guys no more. I don't <laughs> like this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Around what age was that though? I'm like, what, 16. Like oh, okay. 16. You know what I okay. mean? I'm like, you know what I mean? I have, so, you know, I bought me a radio and, um, I used to walk from my house, like three blocks to the store, and I put the radio underneath the Puerto Rican store, and I was jamming, just playing my music, hustling, selling drugs all day, like it was like it was legal. You know what I'm saying? And then one day, I'll never forget this, this is exclusive. I'm gonna get something exclusive. I ain't say this neither. One day I was standing in the corner, I was hustling, and the police was watching me the whole day, like it was watching me. And Mark Jackson was just a, a freshman at St. John's University. And Mark Jackson came, pulled up in his, his beat up car and he called me. I'm like, yo, what's up? What, what you doing? He said, I'm going to move in, my, in St. John's. I want you to come help me. You know what I mean? I said, all right, cool. So I said, let me get my radio. So I went and got my radio, got in the, threw my radio in the back seat. I got in the car with Mark and the police pulled me right, pulled Mark right over. Whoop, 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 pulled us aside. And he looked, he got his flashlight, you know, started doing whatever. He said, um, um, name, license registration. He said, um, Mark gave it to him. He said, "Um, your 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 license. I mean, your 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 ID. And you know, I ain't had no ID. You know what I mean? I said I ain't got no ID. And he, then he told Mark, you know who that guy is? Mark said, Yeah, that's my, one of my best friends. And he said, Um, you know he been out here all day. You know he's selling drugs. And Mark looked at me like you selling drugs. I said, Cause he know me from basketball. 
You know, from basketball. So he said, I said, Mark, I ain't telling you. I ain't got, he, he said, yo, come on. He says, sir, I got him. You know, boom, as Mark Jackson, St. John's University. You know, boom, they knew who he was. He's in the papers and all that, whatever. And um, they let me go. Wow. And then Mark was like, scold me. Mark was crazy on me. You know what I mean? Didn't yeah. when your when you um when your mom found out that you was out in the street, she put you out the house, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She found out. She found that's how that's that's after that. That's after that. Oh, you know okay. What I mean? But when she found out, you know what I mean, she came to my room and she had a belt. And she said, Um, you out here selling drugs? <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going to school? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like she don't know I ain't going to fucking school. I ain't showing a report card in two years. <laughs> So at the time, were you the only one out of your siblings hustling or you was just the first one to get caught by your mom? Yeah, I was the only one. You was the only, was one, the only one. Yeah, I was the only one. Was who, only is one. Deb older? Yeah, Deb way older than me. That's my older sister. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, so she tried to, tried to beat me. So I told her, I said, I'm going to jump out the window. She said, go ahead, jump. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what, what second floor were y'all on? What, what floor? Second floor. <laughs> you I jump? was skinny then. I was right, skinny. Like, Hell no, nah, he ain't jump. He Hell no. <laughs> I ran right past her. Come on, come on. Come on, heavy. Like, like, I was talking about this yesterday. You can't hear you. And I, and I, I said, my mom's, my mom's heavy-handed. Like, she heavy-handed. Like, when she braided my sister's hairs, they be crying and shit. Like, mom, it's too tight, you hurt. But when she hit you, yo, I ain't no man ever hit me that hard. She would knock the shit out of you. Like, she hit hard. Yeah, I, I saw the story you was talking about when uh, when you were stealing the candy out the store. Oh, yeah. shit, where you saw that at? Uh, on one of the YouTube videos I was watching, and, and, and uh, the, the, the store guy grabbed your backpack and you ran up out of it. And a couple of days yeah. later, he showed up to school and your yeah. mom came. And when y'all got outside, she knocked you in your eye. <laughs> what? Split my right hair. I still got the mark right here. Split my shit. Y'all ran. Say, I'm sorry. Why you to bust my shit? I'm in, 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 and this is public school. I was in the fifth grade. Ah, uh, you know what I'm saying? I was in fifth grade. Uh, when I went in the store, it was like you remember, I don't know. You remember chocolate, 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 them, them, them candy bars. It was, it was, it was, it was they don't make them no more. I stole that. I stole some other candy. I stole someone's candy in my bag. I got away. I was standing outside. But this girl named Leslie told on me. She said, that guy got a lot of candy in his bag. And the guy, the meat market man came outside with blood on his thing, you know, because he's a meat market. Right. He came outside, tried to grab me. He said, what's in your bag? I said, nothing, my books. He grabbed it. And I just came out of it. And that's when my mom knew something was up because I used to come home with no coat. And it was wintertime. And she said, boy, where your coat at? And I said, I left it in school. We better be in cold tomorrow. So I'll make sure when I come home, I sneak in and I go to my room. I go right to sleep. You know what I mean? So she won't, she won't bother me. But eventually they called her and told her, you know what I mean? Yo, your son's in the principal office. You know what I mean? And you need to come up here. So she came up there. And that's when my, my books, my bag was in the middle of the floor. And all because, all because of Leslie. Fuck you, because, Leslie. Said, Fuck you, Leslie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so you went from so you started out hustling younger, and at some point, how did you end up hooking up with Preem? Well, my kid's mother, her, her her sister, 
was dating Prince, Prince's nephew. Mm. So they all lit. He didn't really live there. He ain't live there. He stayed there sometime. So I was over there one day, and um, Preem came in with her mother's groceries. So I said to him, I said, I want to speak to you for a minute. He said, hold on. So he came in. He said, what's up, man? What's up? I said, yo, I, I need some work. Right? He said, yo, meet me at my mother's house. His mother lives across from the projects. So I go to his mother's house from there. I, I, I go over there. And then from that day, I've been with him every day. He didn't let me hustle. He just kept me with him. You know what I'm saying? Like he go check out. I've been, I've been in front, I've been in front of just chilling, playing music and you know, on the phone or something. And he ain't there with some girl, two hours, whatever, whatever he's doing. I'm just, you know, I'm like his road dog. I'm like with him every day. Until one day he said to me, Yo, man, you gotta hustle, man. You can't be like this. <laughs> so so he let me hustle one night. I'm on a block, like, late night. He come out, whatever, and he see me out there. He's like, yo, come on, man. Get out to them. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he, just, he just kept me with him. How old were you at the time when you first hooked up with him? I was probably 18, 19. Okay. Like 19, yeah, like 19. So it's funny, because I had, um, you know, I'm a documentary buff, so I didn't, you know, I'm from L.A., so I didn't really know much about you know, the Supreme team or, or none of that, none of you guys from back then until I started watching when they had the American Gangster um, doc, um, series on BET. And um, when they did them on, yeah. on them and Fat Cat and all them. And after I would watch the documentary with you all, the uh, Hip Hop Uncovered, I recognized you from some of the pictures that they were showing back then. Uh, oh, okay. you guys, yeah, I said, okay, that's that's the same guy right there. So that's yeah. I, I immediately recognize when they start showing the pictures. So you you was young out there getting money though. You were like yeah. one of the. I I remember you um saying in the interview that you would go pull up in front of the club with the Lamborghini doors on a car and you couldn't even yeah. get in. Like yeah. <laughs> well, Russell Russell told me, let me in though. They could let me. Russell like promoter back then. Russell's a promoter. Russell Simmons. Right. And Russell's like, yo, let him in. Good. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you said something. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, like like the American Gangster, right? You you watch that type of stuff, right? That wasn't about us, really, because you look at it, the story is boring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like these guys, they, you know, Supreme did a lot of time in jail. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they try to, you know, erase me and Just's history when we kept the team alive. You right. know what I'm saying? It was me and Just. I was keeping it you know while I mean? he was locked up. Y'all was keeping stuff going. Yeah, guys, say it again. I said, yeah, while he was locked up, you guys was holding everything down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and they didn't, definitely. Even, they definitely. didn't even talk about that. No, they're not going to talk about it because it was it was Fat Cat Crew that did the work gangs for Supreme Team, mm. which ain't made no sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, this 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 documentary, the first time I ever talked really like like this, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people realize, you know what I mean? Like, okay, the time, they can look at the timeline. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And see the time frame. Like, this nigga was really out there. Like, he was the one, you know what I mean? Him and Josh. Like, you know what I'm saying? It takes uh, nothing away from nobody else, but y'all, y'all know who, who's who. You know? So, so oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, e. So I, I was, you know, I'm a big hip hop head too. And I know at one time, like Queens had I guess the reputation of not being the hardest of the boroughs. Did you guys change? Were you guys the ones that changed that 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 
that narrative. That narrative. That narrative. Yes, mm-hmm. we did. Yes, we did. It was us. Yeah. Yes, we did. It was definitely us. You know what I'm saying? Was not having that. I don't know before us how it was going, but I know our team and the people around us, we wasn't having that. We could be a savage just like you a savage. We choose to get money. Why was why why did Queens have that reputation? Was Queens more of like of area where it had more the middle class black people at or something? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah. It was more people. It was more people. You know, with you know, with a mother and father. Some you know, but then it turned different. It turned ugly after a while. Right. You know what I mean? When it, when when when, it, when Bush and them got in office, yep. it changed the whole narrative. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it got crazy. Right. Yeah, that's kind of how the, how it is with the in L.A. the East Side versus the West Side. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so at some point, you know, you, you, you went through all that and Preem was locked up. You guys was holding it down and everything. At what point did you decide that you wanted to get out of the street game and then transition into the music game? And how did that happen? Like what made, what, what was your eye opener for you to say, you know what I'm doing with this? And then how did you end up going over to the music game? Well, I, I caught my case. I caught my case and, um, you know, I got, I got, you know, motherfuckers snitched on me, sat me up, and I, and I watch, I'm watching the game. I'm like, this game is turning. It's not gonna be a game anymore. It's, 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 it's gonna be a dirty game. You know what I mean? You know, guys are setting guys up. Guys are telling, you know what I mean? Uh, police playing dirty. You know what I mean? So when I got caught, I, I was already transitioning. I was like, dabbing, dipping, dabbing with artists on the low. I'm in the studio making records and you know all that type of stuff. I was is that, is that when you was doing your uh when you had your label three to life? Yeah, now you know all that. <laughs> hey, we do uh, our homework, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I wanna I wanna hear about I wanna hear about punchline. That's what I wanna hear about. Ah, <laughs> you do your homework. You do your homework. Yeah, cause I, cause you know what the the quote on the door: "Be careful whose toes you step on." You know, you might be attached to the to the ass. You got to kiss tomorrow. Yeah. You know so, can mean? you please tell us the story about what happened with Punchline? Now, Punchline was a young girl. You know, she was an arrogant girl, and she's been four time rhyming and all that. For instance, you got Dr. Dre, Eminem, or Smooth. You know, they make they make real good music together. So when she came with me, she started making real good music. So um she got real cocky because you know, when you when you making music and you're the only female, you know, now you get cocky, you feel yourself. So Mariah Carey told me, she said, Bim, did she thank you for the deal? And I'm saying, I said, nah, nah, she didn't thank me. She said, when you see her tomorrow, ask her why she didn't thank you for the deal and see what she say. I bet. I said, yo, I saw I saw a punchline. I said, yo, why you thank me for the deal? She said, why, why should I thank you? I'm the one with all the talent. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. I wow. said, okay. And then okay. she saw you That's again. My, then she saw you again. My, <laughs> my angels ain't no joke. My angels ain't no joke. My angels ain't no joke. They're going to they gonna confront yeah. you. They're going to bring you to me. They're going to bring you to me. So I got two praying warriors for me. So they gonna come. So what happened when you saw Punchline again? I looked at her. She was in Tina Davis' office, and Tina called me. I was on the phone, 
and 10 o'clock, I need you to come listen to something. I need you to hear something. I said, all right, cool, I'm coming. I go to the office, and she's sitting on Tina's couch. I see her. I'm like, whoa, what's she doing? Where's she been at? Like, cause it's a minute now. I'm like, what's she been at? She smiled at me, you know, like, like you know, that dumb look on her face. You know what I mean? That sad look. So I'm like, ah, oh, look at this dummy. So <laughs> Tina's like, yo, I want to play something for you. I said, yo, Tina, no disrespect. I said, but I got, I got L on the phone. I got back on the phone. And I walked out of our office. Wow. And she knew, she, I didn't tell Tina what time it was. She knew what time it was. Exactly. She knew she was finished. She knows she's finished. When, when I walked in that room, she said, this nigga's here. I'm done. You could have bought her ass for a dollar. That's right. That's why she went right to the VP. I don't know how she got right to the VP. You know wow. what I mean? I don't know how she she didn't want to. She probably knew I was there. She thought she was going to go over my head. And if she got a deal, she probably shit on me again. Right. Wow. wow. You know what I so mean? That- that was just that was just one of your one of your artists. Like then you had the the Tiggy Diamonds and Ronaldo Blaine. God damn, yo, <laughs> y'all the first ones that really did. Like, like <laughs> yo, and Ronaldo Blaine was the funniest dude I have in Brooklyn, right? Like, I came in one day, and I'm, I went outside. He was in his car. He's I got him a deal. Got him with advance money. All that. He went to bought a car. All that. He had about three girls in the car. You know what I'm saying? So I go out to him. I say, yo, we have to go to the studio tonight. One of the girls said, we ain't going to the studio. I said, I'm not talking to you, sweetheart. Tell me, we ain't going there. I'm talking to him. He hired in a motherfucker. He can't even talk. <laughs> right? So then I said, yo, come in the building, man. He comes in the building. He got his hoodie on. He goes, Leo, Leo stops in the hallway. Leo Cohen stops in the hallway. What's up, Ronaldo? How you doing, bro? He said, man, I ain't got no, no shirts, no hoodies, my name on it. I ain't got no hats with my name on it. So mind you, Method Man just came out. So, you know, when you roll out, you get T-shirts, you know, you get merchandise. Mm-hmm. Nigga, you ain't rolling out, man. That's why you ain't got nothing. <laughs> and you got events. Go buy your shit, man. Like, you know what I mean? So Tiki, Tiki was like one of my favorite artists I worked with because, you know, He's like like an LL. Like when, I can give him a topic, or I can, you know, tell him what I mean and I want to say, but I can't say it. They say it for me, and you know, and we put it together like word plays and all that type of stuff. So, what it was, what I went wrong with Tiki, is that Def Jam, they just let me sign them guys just to pamper me, so I won't say shit, so I can work with they artists, who they, the big artists that they signed. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. I, and I did them guys a disservice because I couldn't work with them because they had me locked in. You know what I'm saying? They had me locked in and I did them guys a disservice. But so you, 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 I'm sorry. Let's back up a little bit though. When you, when you, when you first really started all the way going into the music business, if I'm not mistaken, you, it was one record label you was going to work with first, but then something, I forgot what happened, but then you ended up getting an offer from Def Jam, right? Oh, Sony. Yeah, with Sony. So Sony what happened? So yeah, so you were. What happened with that? Where you didn't go with them, and how you ended up getting with Def Jam? Because you know, I just got out of prison. Street shit. I've been moving with Corey Rooney a lot. I've been at Sony. It's like more corporate. It's more. You froze. I. Should be. Should be back. You can go. Okay. There we go. Here we go. So go ahead. 
Yeah. So, um, what's the question again? Because said, how did you end up instead of going not going with Sony, oh, yeah, going yeah. with Def Jam? Yeah, because I felt you know Def Jam is more street, like more flavor that I can understand. Like if you look at a Sony roster, the artists they had at that time, you know, I couldn't relate to to them guys. Right. You know what I mean? And I I, I can't remember the artists they had. Crew theory, like you know, different stuff like that. Right. I remember them R and B stuff. Like Def Jam was like hip hop, like my shit. So when you did you um, you know, when when you got into the music business, did you have was it a hard for you to get in, or did you have the right connections where you were able to kind of just get right on in, or did it take you a while to to get in? Nah, nah. Music when I got in, um, Russell Simmons just hired me. And, and told me, um, my, my office is right there. You know but when I mean? you when you first started, you wasn't really taking it serious, where you? you were just like hanging out, and it just like happened. Yeah, like first of all, I, I was hanging out with Run DMC, so it, it wasn't a question. I wasn't taking it serious. I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? I had no talent. I, I didn't know how to. I didn't know what to do. So once I learned what to do. Then I took it serious. And that's and that's when you came up with the, the cool G rap remix. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. So did so how I did mean, you end up, how did you end up being with, with Run DMC? Did you know them from growing up or did they kind of take to you from being knowing you from the streets? How did you um first hook up with Run DMC? Well, it, it, it's both. It's both growing up and and, and from the streets, because there's a PAL in my neighborhood. That we all play basketball in. Mm. You know, you can box, you play, you go swimming, you got cheerleaders, you know, all that type of stuff. It's one of those type of places. You know what I mean? The, the government was funded. You know what I mean? So um DMC, he liked it, my sister, Risa, he liked it. Uh, he's kind of my career. Jam is a a girl across the street named Leslie, who I liked. You know what I mean? So once that sucker MCs came out, I knew I was never getting her. It was over. <laughs> so and then what about LL? I know you did some work with him, and I, I, I want uh, how did how did you first hook up with LL? And then explain to us uh, how you came up with the goat. That, and, and, yeah. and I know I've watched a couple of videos. You say, "Damn, I hate. I wish I would have trademarked that because that seemed like that's just a a, a, a famous world famous um, saying." Now, how did how did all that play out? Well, me and L L lived on farmers. I was on farmers too. He lived like color blocks from me. You know what I mean? In the neighborhood. And um one year, when, when, matter of fact, when I when I got to Def Jam, not when I got to Def Jam, he had um matter of fact, before that, we used to steal cereal from the freight carts across from his house. Wow. And we go on the freight carts and steal boxes, boxes of cereal. You know what I mean? Like cases. That's my first time getting introduced to Frankenberry and Cocoa Berry and all that stuff. <laughs> So my career, my career was so fucked up. These niggas are selling their shit. I'll eat in my shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll eat in my cereal every day in the basement. You know what I mean? So when the police chase us, LOs pick up the stuff that we just running, running with and dropping it. He'll pick the shit up and take it to his crib. You know what I'm saying? So um later on years we go to school. I know. I know, you know, I, I don't know, I know who he was, but I, I knew he wasn't making music though at that time. 
He was walking around the rec the school with um I need a beat. The album. He used to walk around. I'm like, yo, why you walking around the album cover, man? He said, That's my record. I said, That's your record. I said, You want you want you want to do perform it downstairs in the automotive room? Because the automotive room was the Gilcrest room. Everybody cut classes go there. If you want to cut, go to that class. Because the automotive, nobody won't get greasy and dirty. So nobody was really taking that course. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to cut class, you go there and sit there all day. He don't say shit to you. He be in to work on his own car. Right? So LO came in one day and um performed the record in front of a class from I, I brought everybody downstairs and he performed it. And I was like, wow, it was good. He never came back to school. I looked from the hallways, everything. So later in life, I said to him, I said, yo, why didn't you come back to school? He said, yo, that weekend, I made 5000 and I put it in my drawer. And he said, all I did was stare at it all week. The 5000 <laughs> You know what I mean? So when I got the, when I got the Def Jam, he had caught my phone one day. After I finished, I think, yeah, I finished the Slick Rick album. Mm. And um, he called my phone. He said, yo, yo, I want you to do my album. I said, who the, he said, it's Todd. I said, Todd, Todd. He said, hello. I said, oh, shit, what's up, man? He said, yo, meet me at my grandmother's house. He said, I want, I, want you, I want to start, you know, my album. So I met him at his grandmother's house. And um, we just went to work from there. You know what I'm saying? And then after we finished the album, we had to create a name for the album. And we talk. We he's on a plane coming from California. Never forget that. And men throwing names back and forth at each other on a plane. And um, I thought of my childhood days playing basketball. A boy played by the name of Earl the Goat Manigo. Yeah, Earl Manigo. Yeah, yeah I didn't see this. And I said, and I said, you the goat, bro. You the goat. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. And it stayed with him. But I came the next day to Def Jam and I told Kevin Lyles, I told everybody. You know, name of the album is going to be the GOAT. And they didn't really take it like, you know, like that, because a lot of people feel salty. Like, how are you going to call yourself a GOAT? Like, the GOAT, like, you know, a lot of artists are saying it. Like, you know, right. I ain't going to say, main artists is mad. He called himself the greatest of all times. You know what I mean? Right. And, then, and, then, and it stuck. And then from then, I, see, I hear everybody saying it from sports to baseball. Right. To, to to everything, you know what I mean? Boxing to even rap, you know what I mean? And I messed up, like I said in the documentary, I ain't trademarked that name. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's you did crazy. some work with uh Slick Rick too, right? Yeah, I did the all the storytelling album. I did the outcast song, um, him and Snoop, him and Nas, him and Ray Korn. Yeah. So you went from you started off as A and R and then you became a producer? I was both at the same time. Okay. I was producing. I was producing before I became the A&R. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just that once I got with them, 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 them A-listers, because I would, I would tell them with like B-listers, like, you know, street artists, you know, trimming them, molding them to be like like Ali Vegas, you know, like guys in the neighborhood that I was dealing with. You know what I mean? But once I got in Def Jam, you know, they, they sent me with one artist by the name of D.V. Elias Christ. You know, that was my first artist. At, on Def Jam, I was dealing with, you know what I mean? And, and then it moved me on to Trigger, Smooth the Hustler, then I went on, you know, gave me Foxy, gave me um, Keith Murray. You know what I mean, I was going on and on. Right. 
So at what when point? You, what, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Toy. When you were over at Def Jam, it was hot. They had like some of the hottest artists over there. Jay and Method Man, DMX, all of them was over there when you was uh, started out over at Def Jam, right? Everybody, the best artists. Everybody. Yeah. Foxy, you, you can go on and on. You know what I mean? We had mm-hmm. everybody. He was there doing the golden the golden era of hip-hop. That's Best right. Days to me. At, right. what, at what point did you, um, how did you um, be, meet or become friends or whatever with, with uh, 50 Cent? Well, I've I been knew 50 was when um was in the streets. Because, you know, he was sticking shit up. He was doing, you know, 50 was a street guy. And um, my man just took him on his wing. And I said to my man, just yo, you know, because me, me personally, I don't like people that stick up. You know, you work, you hustle all day. A motherfucker come one minute and take it. <laughs> right. I don't like that shit. <laughs> I hate that shit with a passion. Right. You know I mean? So I know this dude was doing that dumb shit. So um, I just said, that's my man. So then after a while, we got tight. You know what I mean? But Prem was in jail the whole time. Like Ten years. Like, you know what I mean? That yeah, we all was getting tight. So we was all... He was, you know, he was tight. My man just take care of him, buy his box and stuff, equipment on. We go watch him train, you know what I mean? All type of stuff, you know what I mean? And then, you know, whatever happened when Ja Rule broke out, you know, I was I was a guy that was, that somehow would pay attention to, like, yo, bro. And I even said it to my man, like, yo, you that shit alone, man. Like, you know what I mean? Um, dude's all right. That's just man. Like, like, he's good. You know what I mean? But when you got guys... That that's you know ain't been outside like that, and now they got a guy like like homeboy is behind them. Now they feel like they've been outside. So so Preem was tight with 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 Murder Inc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you got cool with them. You got cool with them when he came home, cause he didn't know them. He didn't know Fifty. You know what I mean? But what it is is me and Just kept his name so far up that people wanted to meet him. Like no. If these dudes, we look up to these two dudes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they look up to him. So, you know, you know how that go. Right. You're going to go to the source. But not knowing that we are own individuals. We, we, you know, we bossed up. Right. So did that, because he was with Murder, Inc. and you was cool with 50, did that kind of draw a little wedge with your friendship with, with Pring? I mean, it didn't, but it, it did. It do now. Oh, okay. It do now because... It's publicly that I'm saying it, like you know what I mean? Cause I, I, I know, like, like I'm not gonna. That's like me and you, we rocking. But you got a big cousin come on for doing 30 years. So now you supposed to be not speak to me, not fuck with me. Right. I never, mm-hmm. I never did nothing to you. You never did nothing to me. We fuck with each other. Right. We've been in the studio together. We work together. We're like I'm gonna say fuck you. Nah. Right. You know what I mean? Nah, we ain't doing that. Right. I'm my own man. I, all I can do is. is you know, try to squash it. Stay, stay out of the way, man. Like, you know, y'all, y'all get over that, man. Right. So let's. So let's, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk. I'm sorry. So your your relationship with uh, Def Jam kind of went sour when the executives started giving you a little bit of problems, like jealousy and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I felt it. You know what I'm saying? Like one project, it was, I had the Foxy Brown project. Then all of a sudden. You know, Tina Days won't jump on that project. Like, you're a VP. You never jumped on no projects. What, what are you doing? 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then Dub C, we signed Dub C, and um, uh. and we I went to Cali. He want me to do his album? I go I go out there. I fuck with we we behind Chin Chins. Me and him throwing ideas back and forth. And he said, "Yo, my nigga, we gotta get in the studio." I said, "All right, cool." We get to Florida. I fly to Florida. We need the circle house. And he tell me like, "Yo, man, my nigga, Tina on me. You work together, my nigga." Just like that. I'm like, what? Well, so I even start working with nothing. So I went to Kevin Lyles and I said, oh, Kev, Tina tell me, oh, she don't mean to work with me. They don't want, you know, she don't have to work with me. What's that about? He said, man, y'all talk about that. Y'all go in there. So I go to Tina. I'm like, yo, Tina, you know how we give it up. Why, why, why would you do that to me? You know what I mean? To the artists, you, you ain't gonna have an artist where you got every artist on this label. I'm like, what? Wow. He's from Cali. He's from Cali. She's from Vallejo. So he's like, nigga, you got all these East Coast niggas, and you ain't gonna grab a West Coast nigga too, my nigga. You know what I mean? That's gonna make my job hard. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I seen the science behind it, and um, and I said, you know what? And I, you know, I sat and talked to Ella about it, and he said, yo, dog, they ain't, they ain't giving you a just to anyway. You they underpaying you all that whatever, you know, all that whatever. So um. I said, you know what? I ain't gonna come to work. Fuck them. So that's calling for meetings. I won't go to no meetings. I'll just play hard. And then, you know, got back to Kevin. Now Kevin wanna get involved. He's like, yo, you should work from home. You have a problem with the staff. I don't have no problem with staff, my nigga. Y'all don't even know my history. So therefore, I had a problem, it'd have been a problem. Right. I'm being easy. Right. You know what I mean? They still, they still don't know I'm the street dude. Cause I was quiet. And I promised Russell. That I'm not gonna, you know, ever, ever bring the streets to your building. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it gave me a chance. So right. I've never got on it like that. I always humble, always, you know, play possum, you know, whatever. So when um he told me to work from home, I already knew what that meant. That made him fire. Because you, you you didn't um give me no 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 um copy machines, no printers. You you you, you know what I mean? You, you mm-hmm. didn't give me nothing. You didn't give me nothing to work with. You just told me to work wrong. You know what I mean? So um, it faded away. Wow. So before we jump into the documentary part, so I, 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 you know, I always hear such hear such horror stories from the music industry about you know people getting screwed over and everything. Is it? I mean, you were in it. Was it really like that dirty of a game? It's, it's, it's like, you gotta realize this, right? It's clicks. It's clicks. And they know how to box you out. Uh-huh. So when they say blackball, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. But it all, the same people that running it, then is running it now. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So when you knock on that door, it's not gonna open because your talent if you like this, like music is like the game of sports. Like the youth come in younger, they're gonna take the veteran job after a while because knees on knees. See, he fucked up. Right. So when you got a, a music guy, mu- music always evolves. So when when you got the new guys coming in, they got new ideas, new ways of doing things, all that, it changes. Now you're gonna take my you're gonna take my job. So they gotta mm. play dirty. Right. They gotta play dirty to get you out of there. 
just like you said that you know like it's a circle or whatever that's why I was really surprised when I heard that they cut Russell Simmons out of the documentary like I was shocked and it was me and him 30 minutes giving it up to me like it was crazy oh y'all had Russell was part of the hip-hop uncovered documentary yeah hell yeah me and Russell filmed together yeah they cut him out because of the Me Too stuff yeah man which is fucked up are you gonna he the golf off of hip hop? Right. Yeah, gonna, how can you talk about hip hop and not to have him in it? Exactly. Yeah, I mean not just that though. The crazy shit about it is every nigga on there got a felony is fucked up. Russell right. ain't got none of that. He's right. accused. Just we accused. all fucked up. We yeah. all fucked up. Everybody nigga them did some crazy shit. That just seemed like that 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 shit that once when, when they didn't use you enough, they'll throw you throw you away. Oh, yeah. of course. You know what I mean? That's why you got to own your own shit. Even though you own your own shit, you got to be careful because they're going to find a way to shut you down. They always find a way to shut us down or take our shit or fuck us up. They always find that way. Always. Mm-hmm. And they always find one of us to to, to help. To help them. <laughs> help Yeah. To help mm-hmm. them. Right. And, that's the, and that's the key thing right there what you just said. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why the music, when niggas say about Yo, the music is fucked up and all that, whatever. Yeah, the music game is fucked up. You got the same motherfuckers in, in, in pocket. Right. And empower, you know right. what I'm saying? They ain't trying to let the new the music business evolve and, and get higher and get better. They're keeping it the way it is because they're getting paid off it and, and they ain't letting nobody like us in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because right. we're going to change the game. Right. We're gonna, we got the ladder. We're going to send the ladder now. Come on up. Come on they're up. not letting mm-hmm. nobody come up. Yeah. They're not letting nobody come up. Fucked up. And that's why these kids don't listen to them. Right. They know they bullshit. Right. So let, let's... um. Dive because I know um, probably got a lot to do. I wanted to dive in. Yo, your personal life was so interesting. We got so far in, but let's get into the documentary. How did how did um and, and and to be honest with you, like Toy and I was talking before, and we watched a lot of the interviews. We, we really wanted to hear your story because a lot of times on on some of the interviews, you know, you 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 tell a you know you get a little bit in, but it'd be so many other people talking, you don't really get to tell your whole story. And we really wanted to give you the opportunity and we wanted to hear your whole story. You guys, you guys, y'all guys have some questions, man. I like this. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. So right. let's get into the documentary. How did you get approached to do the documentary? Um, LL Cool J. Okay. He, he called me and um, he told me that Rashidi Harper is looking for me. You know, he want me to get in his documentary. You know what I mean? I was like, all right. He said, well, you want me to give me your number? I said, give my number up. So Al gave my number. And um, he had called me. I mean, he was kicking it. You know, he, he explained to me about the documentary. You know, then he told me who was in it so far. Because one time he had told me Jay Prince is in it. Right. From Texas. You know what I mean? He told me Big U. Um, they're going after Hastings Jack. Uh, I don't know if they had tricked yet. I don't know if they had tricked yet, but um, when he told me that, I said, cool. He said, then we're going to probably get a female or whatever. I said, female? What kind of female? He said, no, females in the business, probably Silver of Rome or somebody like, you know what I mean? And I said, nah, man, let's get my sister. Mm-hmm. So when um, I called, I called Deb, and I told her about it, you know what I mean? And she said, baby, I ain't going to be talking. I ain't going to Deb, be quiet. Let's get the fucking check. <laughs> I know that's right. Hey, I went, you know, I'd be like, I'll be on Deb's lives, uh, videos when she be live on Instagram. 
And so one day she was live on Instagrams and I was Instagram. I was like, greetings. I was like, greetings from Dear Black Folks Podcast. She was like, Dear Black Folks Podcast. What's that? I call E like she said our name. She said. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for real. So, so tell ahead. like make sure you let your sister know that that dear black folks podcast that she was wondering about yeah. you on dear she folks. Did, she black folks. Do this. Yes, yeah, she, she do. do tell her to come on. She do it. She yeah. do it. So go ahead. So you say you 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 so you're the one who brought Deb in. Yeah, I brought Deb in. You know what I mean? And um then they flew me out to LA and um I met with them and all that. Then we got to work, you know, like a year later. This, this has come out of it. I didn't never thought that it was gonna be like this though. I'm gonna keep great. it real. This great. I thought, yo, I thought it was gonna be some regular nigga shit, niggas talking some war shit. But man, that shit with the professor yeah. talking. They got yeah. the Ronald Reagan with the block of cheese. Yeah. Like, 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 like we showed our history. We showed where yeah. this shit came from. That's why. That's why when we were interviewing Big U last week, I told him I said not that I was expecting it to be bad, but it far exceeded what I expected. And, yeah, and me too. Yeah, yes. They yeah, did an excellent job. They threw in a little black history and some of the stuff, you know, showing like Jack Johnson and some of the the little quotes that went along with the pictures and. Picture. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was great. It was shot good. I mean, it was it was really really. I'm a documentary buff, and this that's in my top three. I, it was really good. And that's that's hot. So um. When you guys, I, I think it was a few. Obviously, Haitian Jack, he, is he? He's not allowed in the United States right now. No, he can't come here. Okay, so you all, you all went out there and shot with him for a while in in, in the DR, right? Me and you stayed out there with him and shit. You know, we had fun. You know, and I know, like, like one of one of one of the um interviews we all did together, and it and it was like. They asked Jack, um, what was the, 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 I think it was sad part of the documentary that, that got to you? And he said, when all my friends was leaving. Wow. He said, when they, when they all was leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was kind of fucked up because, wow. you know, a lot of people, you know, I don't disrespect those pot, but a lot of people don't know his story. You don't know Jack's story. You know what I mean? We all, we all, always quick to judge because anybody that got a mic got the power like they, influence yeah yeah they write anything they say or oh, they can't do no wrong you know what I'm saying yeah they, they, they can't do no wrong and and I have done wrong a lot of us have done wrong we human right. especially especially if you you um on the bottom you come from the, you come from the bottom mm. you know what I'm saying Right. Yeah, I was I was telling you last week. Um, his story was I was I was very interested in hearing because I had never even heard of Haitian Jack until that. Oh, you haven't? Not not before that Tupac song. You know that was oh, back yeah, in the 90s. Prior to that song, I didn't know who Haitian Jack was. You know, I'm from LA. I didn't know nothing about big players wow. in New York. And um, but it was and I was a big Tupac fan. And like I was telling uh-huh. you last week, hearing yeah. hearing his side of the story. It kind of knocked it kind of knocked Pac down a couple of notches on me. You know what I mean? Hearing his yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when he said he would have never made that song if I if he was alive. And I thought about it, and that song did come out after he died. Yeah, after he came out, you know, because there's no, it was no truth to it, no merit. 
I'm not going to say, you know, Pac is wrong or I'm going to say Jack is wrong. When you're in the streets, there's no, among, there's no honor among thieves. Right. So both of them is wrong. You don't, you, you can't get in it and be a mediator on some street shit right. because it started on some foul play shit. Right. You know and what I'm saying? And it's a big thing to call a, a street dude a snitch. <laughs> you know. Say that again? I said, and it's a big deal to call a street dude a snitch. Yeah, come on, man. Those are things you can't do. Right. So you know what I mean? You can't, you can't, you can't do that. Right. Yeah, I know that you're careful with the word snitch because you you was even really uh careful about that ex-girlfriend <laughs> that you thought. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> you really, yo, hold on, hold on, yo, you, you really do your homework. <laughs> you was protective of that ex girlfriend that you felt like had uh set you up, right? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, so, so the documentary, man, has it? Um, I mean, I know you said it was better than 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 you thought it would, you know, would be too. Um, have you been kind of overwhelmed by the response you all have been getting from from from? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I, last even last night, I was at the toll booth. And the dude said, "Yo, you feel me? He's making have a picture. I want to bother you. I got a picture. <laughs> you know what I mean?" And then me, I said, "Yeah, of course, man." And I just took a picture with him. You know, in the in the toll booth. Right. Oh, that's you know sweet. And then Shaq hit me. When Shaq hit me, I was like, "Wow!" Wow. So. So I know, I know for you, even though you've been in the game for a long time and you've been a, a big player in it, but your face hasn't been really known, you know, throughout the yeah. world. So for you, it's like, it's probably something different that you're gonna have to get adjust to now being so recognized everywhere you go, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When a white guy stops you, he tell you, yo, I made my wife for, for, for Valentine's Day watch Love It, I mean, Hip Hop Uncovered. <laughs> when the when the white folks when the white folks behind you, you done made it. No. <laughs> Bro, that white man told me that. That white man told me that. I was like, wow. All right. So, do you have um? You. So, so getting into this documentary, do you have any um any uh, plans on doing more in in film? I mean, you know, I've I've been working with Fifty, you know, for like a year now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean on my story. Mm. About my life. Okay. Um, oh, wow. So we we rolled it up already. It's already written up. Um, we we think about doing Ghetto Quran for the theme song. Doing what song? The Ghetto Quran. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. And, I mean, right now it ain't nobody, and ain't no better person to, to do a film like that than Fifty Cent. I know that's yeah. right. He got a yeah. lot. Yeah, he do. He do. Well, mm -hmm. if you if you need me to be an extra, I can you know I can get some side views, some I can get some vibes coming on. I can I, I can channel my New York vibes to come up in that motherfucking. I mean, tell you to sit your ass <laughs> over there and, and hold the light. That's what you're gonna do. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> he's stupid. Yeah, he's stupid. <laughs> your ass over there, and hold that light. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. You. Oh man, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you so, do my man. girl like that. You gotta do it right. You gotta do it right. <laughs> she done got all dressed up and shit. I, I know. I'm telling you. 
<laughs> but Bimmy, man, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I told your manager we wasn't gonna keep you no longer than an hour. We two minutes. We good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, um, do you have you have anything else you want to ask, um, Toya? Um, no, I don't want to. I don't want to digress. I just, <laughs> I, I, we, we done came down the timeline. I had some questions that I was gonna ask about the super wreck that you worked at at ten years old on 150th Street. I was gonna ask questions about that, but we done passed that time, so we just. We just How you know all this shit about me? Hey, <laughs> homework, this, man. that's my job to hey, know, we learn, right? We learn how to be good journalists now. You know, we learn it Yo, on the yeah. I'll tell you something. You, I done did a thousand interviews already, and the questions y'all hitting me with, they don't, they don't, they just do, just, just be doing. Yeah. Okay, you know? so make sure you let them know when they come on Dear Black Folks podcast that we be coming with some facts, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we, hey, we we starting off, man. We you know, we the purpose of our podcast. There's so much ratchet and, and and bullshit out with black folks. We just really trying to build a platform of, of, of you know. We have fun. We talk about serious stuff. We joke and everything. And we just you know, hopefully we'll be we'll get blessed and we can we can make it big with it. But we just about positive and bringing good content to the black community. Now I I, I like that because you know what I mean that's one thing I'm a part of is showing our people in a different light. Not just yeah. love and hip hop bullshit. You know, uh, you watch yes. people disrespect their mothers and stuff. Right. I don't care if my mother smoke crack. What she do? I'm never gonna be on camera disrespecting her. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, and that's what that's what we about, man. Hopefully, we'll get blessed and, and get some good things that happen for us. And 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 by you all, you know, we thankful for you, for you, for you, for big you. Hopefully, we can get Deb on you guys. Yeah, that'd be. You know, I'm trying to call her now. Okay, y'all have a big her. platform. Her and, the, her and the birds. She's all into the bird shit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's an honor uh, for you all to, to, to take the time to, to, to give us an opportunity, you know, to interview you all. Yeah, yeah. My pleasure, man. I don't want to check messages for Tuxley. Yeah, thanks. Go ahead and answer the phone. And I, 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 I'm going to get in trouble if I don't make sure that I give my brother DK a shout out. DK set this uh set this interview up with You know what's so funny? That's why DK was calling me today. I was in a meeting and DK was calling me. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's why well, DK was calling me. I, you know, when they say it, 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 it paid to know people that know people, this was definitely one of them, one of them instances. Uh, yeah, real question. Hey, hey, look, I was talking to DK. I told him, I said, I just interviewed Big U. He said, I can get you Bimmy. I was like, for real? He said, hold on. He called, Bimmy answered. He said, hey, my boy on the phone, they got a podcast. And Bimmy was like, let's do it. No questions asked, man. I, I, I appreciate that. This was a highlight of you. You know, I'm a truck driver by profession, okay? Seriously? I was driving, yeah, I was driving that truck trying to get, trying to load that yeah, mug up and unload it so fast because I was trying to get here. I'm like, I got to get here. I can't be on the phone trying to, <laughs> trying yeah, yeah. to um, yeah, so I was looking forward to this all day. I thank you so much for giving us your time. Man, I appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, next time you in the, uh, she she actually lives in Dallas, but I live in Atlanta. So when you down in Atlanta, um, you know, hook up with DK, whatever, man, um, but I would meet up face to face and slap hands. No, we, def we definitely will. Definitely. And come on definitely. to Dallas. Come on to yeah, Dallas. Definitely. <laughs> we yeah, open 100%. You can come on over here. Yeah, I, 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 my, my homeboy, 
We think about getting a hookah lounge in Houston. Oh, okay. yeah. That's like four hours from us. But yeah, yeah. Houston is popping. It's like the next black Mecca. It is. Yeah. Just yeah. don't have her pick you up from the airport because she's going to pick you up in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to pick you up. She's going to pull truck. up at the, at the uh, rivals and hit them hair brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Get in, yeah. Bimmy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. So, uh, I'll be chasing the bag. That's all. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, we're going to wrap it up, Bimmy. Hey, again, brother, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. This has probably yeah, been man. one of my funnest interviews, man. Uh, great show, man. Great yeah. show. Appreciate keep it. going, man. Don't stop, man. Keep I'm going. Not, well, Anything I can do to help, man. Anything I can do to help, just hit me. You know what I mean? I'm going to stay yeah. on my sister tonight, though. I'm going yeah. to get, yes. get on there. I appreciate yes. it. So hang on the line uh, for, for a second, but we're going to end the show, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed it. Again, Bimmy, thank you, brother. And dear, uh, dear Black Folks podcast, we're going to see y'all on the next one. We out, y'all. Peace. It's the Dear Black Folks podcast.